This episode of Super GG Radio is brought to you by our Patreon. Patrons of the show can get our Dogs of Super GG Radio newsletter, Super GG Radio stickers, a slap on your closest PC or bag, input on what we cover, game nights with the hosts, and even a chance to win a copy of an indie we talked about. Not only that, but 90% of all patron contributions go to the Children's Miracle Network of Hospitals. Visit patreon.com slash superggradio to learn more. What's good, Internet, and welcome to session 164 of Super GG Radio, where friends chat about video games and all things adjacent. I'm your ninja, nope, not that guy. But I still have the skills to pay the bills, all Z's here. That's how we do it. Eric Getty Gettinger. With me is streaming sensation Alex Arona. First you get the green screen. Then you get the hot tub. Khakis are optional. Then you get the ladies. I love recycling the same bit week in and week out, but you got it figured out, man. Um, have you talked to Beth about getting the hot tub in your living room, though? She said it's fine, just as long as I got all the sockets grounded. I'd hate to get electrocuted while I splish splash with my new Solid Snake Revolver Ocelot rubber duckies. Khakis. You wear khakis. These are a real thing. No, my rubber in the hot duckies. tub. Oh, khakis? Yes. In I the hot khakis tub. khakis in the hot tub. For sure he would have to. He wouldn't want to get in trouble. Last thing we need is for him to get banned from Twitch for showing too much skin. They're real short, short. Show off my powerful thighs. Man, I got I got some stuff to say about powerful booty this week, but we'll have to get that in a little bit. Uh, also with us is acclaimed Fisher and near fanatic, Joel DeWitt. Like I said, if I didn't have to do this video game homework... I would be on the shoreline in near fishing while my sister dies. That <laughs> was real dark, but thank you for the reminder that we have homework this week. Also, that game really does like bury the lead on your sister slowly dying while you're off adventuring. Yeah, yeah, there gets to be a point where the main character seems like he's having more fun on his adventures than actually trying to help his sister. But Willie, is it burying the lead? The load screen is generally just letters from her saying, Oh, I coughed a bunch today. Yeah, it sure does. Wow. This is it's real dark, guys. <laughs> Not sure I was ready for this. Uh, so we got a hodgepodge of stuff that we're going to talk about in Early Adopters. And then we have homework. We, we have to do the homework. I don't see how we could possibly push it off anymore. I know that Joel's got definitely definitely a game on deck that we're gonna need to get almost immediately so that we can keep up with this quota but like i said first early adopters where we play alphas betas and dude tower defense games are my shit y'all let me tell you how much they are not my shit oh i imagine i know exactly how much they are not your shit i don't know how i well top Tower defense is fine. This is not tower defense. It this is. is. This is our. This is RTS. This is base building. This is Step Warcraft. One, build tower. Step two. Defend said tower. Step three. Get the ladies. Profit. <laughs> I, Getty. What did you, what did we play? We played orcs, and that is spelled O R X. I just love it. It's just 
<laughs> right? Orcs. You have you have a you have a building in the middle, and then you build roads around it that will give you gold. Mm-hmm. And then you build walls and villages and farmland and militia, and you do this in uh, when with cards that are dealt to you. So it is a it's also Getty shit that this is a deck builder, kind of. But I I'm surprised that for somebody that's such a fan of Settlers of Catan, you would hate this game so much because I built so many roads, Getty. You and built they were so many roads. I my roads weren't useless. I used those <laughs> roads so painting a word picture for you as alex Uh said you have your base which is like a little town and then you can build roads and Mm -hmm. towers around that will defend your home base there's also little places around the map Mm -hmm. where you can build a road and then it'll help you to unlock other cards by creating or by completing quests yep and you, you have a certain amount of time before the next wave of orcs comes running in to attack you so the uh, the the thing you have to do is balance. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very important that you strategically place all of your items around, maximize your gold gain, and then improve your towers. So definitely, definitely a tower defense. I see. Tower <laughs> defense for me is lanes. It's enemies coming down a set path and building towers, and they go through the tower gauntlet that you create. I did, not cre- I did not create a tower gauntlet. I mean, you can. I, di- I did not make a tower gauntlet. They came right. They came at me hard. They came at me fast. And also, they came from multiple directions. I got to tell you, I was, I was like, I, I, the, first, the first three times, Getty, I did not survive the wave. But the second time, I did survive the first wave. I... Unaware that there was a second wave. On the other side of me. I continued to play after the first level. You, <laughs> I made it 20 minutes per round. 75 because I was casually mapping out. There's a pause button so that you can I am aware. casually build out everything. Make sure that you're maximizing how you're placing your roads and, and just having it. I found this game a little relaxing because it gave me the opportunity to sit and figure out like, Okay, if I do this, then it gives me these cards. Uh, there's a preview pane that tells you whatever the next card that you have coming in is. Um, but there's also stuff that you can't necessarily work around because you haven't built your deck up enough to improve or build areas. Um, but I, I don't know. I found it pretty nice. You were also able to improve the towers that you could or that you did build and some militia. Those guys were okay. Nothing to write home about. I did not find, and it's and it's. I just don't understand these games. Be, like sometimes because it feels like I don't have a. I don't like you. You you are maximizing things that I have no understanding of. I don't know what maximizing means as far as, uh, placing roads and putting up walls. I don't know where they're coming from, and I don't know, um. But, you know, this also goes to show that this is very much not in my wheelhouse, despite how many times I try to play They Are Billions or uh, Frostpunk. Yeah. Not not good to these games. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, you'll be glad to know to be that good at them. after you finish a stage, you get cards 
for yourself, and the orcs also get buffs. So they continue to get angrier and angrier, and the global awareness of your presence upsets the orcs. Orcs, orcs, orcs. Orcs, orcs, orcs. I Shout out I, to orcs. I wish I had time to play this one. That uh, <laughs> Oh, burn! <laughs> it, uh, it looks cool. I like the way you describe it. It It does have that neat tile kind of placement look with the pieces you play and that's i find that kind of neat instead of it being more of a loosey-goosey uh ground but uh yeah i i might play this a little later still that this looks cool shout out to orcs all them as a as a general race of creatures i mean shout out to everybody that's listening and all of those people that listened last week and still didn't email us for codes we have so many codes i can't i can't give them away i'm literally considering this weekend is asin anime central which takes place in rosemont and alex is within walking distance i think we should go out there with a pad of paper and some stickers and hand people stickers with codes on them and try and you know pound the ground and force more people to listen to my terrible ideas that's actually pretty good yeah i was gonna say like (laughs) none of this is a good idea everyone gets one (laughs) the orcs were a lie right down now but joel which one did you play (laughs) i played the hunt okay wait you played the hunt. Yep. There we go. He he did oh. say that already. Oh, I sure did. I know. I'm making him say it twice. No, I I <laughs> said it because I I, I'm looking at the Discord. I can see who's talking. No, you can't. You can't see me. <laughs> <laughs> this is the internet. You can't see me on the internet. You silly. Okay, I John Cena. <laughs> well, I wouldn't go that far. I mean, I'm handsome, but not that handsome. Okay, we played the hunt, and this game. Let me tell you about the hyena in this game. Dude's booty was fine. It looked like two big old honey hams just shoved down the back of somebody's pants. And I, the the opening scene is him like coming down on a rope and then walking you know, down the hall. I remember that. Yeah. And I was like, damn, he's got some, he's got some nice buns there. So There's some junk. Is that like the wagon he's dragging? Yeah. That was the first thing that captured me with this game. Yeah. I, I, I forgot about that. And then now as you're like <laughs> describing the scene, I'm like, I do remember that thinking like, that is a powerful butt. Yeah. Taken aback. I was taken aback by how thick it was. Four C's. And uh, the next thing that happened uh, is that the game kind of just drops you into the proper of a third person platformer. Uh, I think that we all probably had close to the same experience with it. Uh, but since Joel did get a chance to play, I would like his uh, opinions and some feedback from okay, him first. So I'm going to try to do this while I order dinner for myself and my wife. Um, so oh, well, just let me. We could ju- go to Alex. <laughs> now I feel like a jerk. No. Or do one first. <laughs> 
Describe the game. <laughs> no, no. He's, Fine, I'll describe they need the game first. Uh, so, The Hunt. It is a third-person action platformer, I guess is the way I would describe it. You play this sort of rodent monster, uh, punk rock metal guy with, is it like bionic arms? Seems oh, like yeah. bionic arms. And the, They're stolen, they, by the way. Oh, I didn't gather that. <laughs> yeah, they were stolen. Okay, all right. Well, uh, it does have this cool, like, intro, and it was sort of tile cards with them talking over it, almost comic booky. Uh, but then it goes to this third-person overworld where don't really give much impetus, but you sort of just start moving. They start you in the middle of a jump where you sort of learn you've got these different, well, like whips on your left and right hand, and you latch onto things by choosing the individual triggers and pointing in that direction, and you almost get this kind of rhythm like, not not like Spider-Man in that it's, it's not really that smooth, but it definitely is evoking that same sort of free-form movement. Although it seemed less like you to grab onto anything and more that they gave you predestinated spots to hook onto. Yep. And the uh, the level itself is in this sort of desert wasteland kind of thing. Uh, you're mostly going through different tunnels and exploring their collectibles in certain spots. So I, I did appreciate that like it isn't sitting there obviously a lot of the times, but you would hit a corner and, and you'd see that pop up. So uh, kind of nice that they didn't make it terribly difficult to where you wouldn't notice it. And then, uh, I don't know, did you guys hit encounter any combat? There was like yes. one, there was like one yes. moment I found where it was like an enemy, but they just had you do the holding down both triggers and it just popped them off the screen thing for me. Sometimes they would have a shield. Sometimes they would spit out smaller enemies. Um, there was a little bit more of like a, you got a free flow kinetic, you know, kinetically running around mm-hmm. and, and um, avoid them while still coming in and doing your dash to attack them. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, the game was, it's very fast paced. It's very quick move moving. Uh, I, I will say as a, as a commentary, while this is uh, a game off of itch.io, um, I do feel like the camera could not keep up with the the bombastic nature and fast-paced movement that you're going through with these like Spider-Man whips. Right. So uh, for me, I kept getting lost. Like I couldn't keep my character in the center of the screen, so I kind of kept losing where he was, and I think it caused me to die a couple times. I'm I'm sort of in the same boat, yeah. The uh, it, it was a little jittery, a little rough. I I tried to give it a little bit of patience, just because I I suspect this is something that's in early state, given that it's at .io. I I respect this thing for its style. It has a consistency in its style and tone, with that sort of like almost not again, uh, punk rock slash metal. The diet's got a little bit of attitude. Uh, it's it's that borderline between like really hokey and actually kind of funny. So it's it's in that kind of nice range of humor. Um, but it, it definitely needs more refinement and uh, really just it's the basics of that sort of general movement. And you want some sort of either fluidity or, or snappiness to when he's doing the whips 
you know, but at least have some clearly defined sense of motion in it. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, one of the first things that I did was turn down the sensitivity on the... I I played on controller, yeah, on the controller for looking around because it had like a very fast kind of twitch to it. And it was not making me sick, but it was very distracting. And, uh, you know, there were a couple of parts where I got stuck in some of the elements. But seeing all of the work that went into this and uh, the amount of time spent uh, on the character and trying to give him that personality, it felt good. I honestly say that it it felt really good, the uh, attention to detail that you saw, especially the environments. They, everything looked so well put together. Also, I felt like this, like this felt like it could be just like in the Sonic universe. And that's where I was like, oh, this feels good. And it's got character and attitude, but I could see this being in the Sonic universe. It's like a fun world, but like this movement. I'm not man that hook at the end. What hook? What was what did Joel say? Because I, I was I wanted to talk about that hook at the end. No, I, I was just gonna say I don't know what the sound universe is like. That's all. I mean, there's Big the Cat and there's Knuckles and okay. There's Bonnie Rabbit. There's Rose. I'm aware of Rouge. those characters. My and they all hang cat. out and they eat hot dogs, chili dogs. Sorry, whoa, chili dogs, chili dogs. One's together. Jaleel White. Urkel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is it Robotnik or Eggman? I don't see why it can't be both. Yeah, Robotnik, Eggman. I don't know what his first name is. Can, can we give him a first name? Harold. Harold. Harold Eggman. Uh-huh. Eggman. Yep. Eggman Robotnik. Getty. What was the twist at the end? Oh, that, well, it sets it up for the bigger part of the game, but it's also where you find out about the arms that we were explaining that were obviously stolen. <laughs> oh, borrowed, very cool. borrowed without the intention, or maybe he did have the intention of returning them. We'll never know. But, you know, the little creature that's on his back and he starts to have dialogue with it, it felt good. Yeah. So, definitely something that I would be interested to follow up on see what ends up happening with it and if they're able to make more out of the hunt now uh this last one i found i did not get to play it because by the time i got to it there was no demo on steam so i imagine that joel also did not get to play it so this might be an alex showcase that would be correct (laughs) See, you you got to tell us if you're going to download games like this so that we can get a jump on it. I I was trying to get on this on Saturday, and it wasn't on the Steam page anymore. I did not realize that it was going to be a time-limited thing. Actually, yeah. I had just, I had talked to um, one of the developers on their Discord about this game. Oh. And they gave me a code but said it doesn't matter because there's, gonna, there's a demo for it. And I looked on their website. Lo and behold, demo at the time, this was, I think, last week. 
uh, obviously before Saturday. So uh, this has actually been sitting in my Steam for a while. But it looked like it was still available, again, uh, like after last week. Anyway, that is just a long, uh, long way to say I played uh, Elder Brand. Elder, Verifying. Elder Rand. Verifying on their page right now, it says uh, back in February. It was on the next fest. But hmm. there's not anywhere for me to click to I know. play this right now. So Eldorand is a 2D uh, inspired by uh, games like, I want to say, um, oh my goodness, I'm blanking on, on Would you Do one. you feel De- like it Dead uses Cells. skill-based combat? Yeah, yes, Getty. Uh, it's like, it's a, it seems like a lot like a slower Dead Cells where you are a sword and shield warrior, but there's also lots of other different weapons that come into play, bow and arrows and size and staff. And you have, uh, you're going through this 2D platforming world, uh, fighting different monsters and trying to survive, getting healing potions and finding uh, safe points that uh, heal you up. Uh, and you could fast travel between these uh, different sections. Can you level up your character? You can, you can give yourself stats. How about treasure? Uh, is there a lot of treasure? I didn't find too much treasure, but the, there is uh, gold that you can use to buy different weapons and stuff like that. You have uh, four stats, your health, your mana, your attack, and your crit, your agility, essentially. And uh, you can put skill points in each one as you go through the levels and beat enemies. Uh, very cool pixel art. The The art reminds me a lot of like a Dead Cells. Uh, but very fun, just not as mo- less fast pace and more at a methodical like your you every movement counts. You're paying attention to uh, your attacks. Some attacks are heavier and slower uh, depending on your weapon. Some are faster. There's combos. Um, like a different again with different weapons, they will do different swings. Some will do overhead swings. Some will do side to side swipes. Uh, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. And uh, again, I found that you could do some like magic stuff. There's some uh, spells and mana involved. So uh, I think I think this is uh, worth peeping, keeping your eyes out because it looks like it's going to be released this year. Uh, Elderand. I've got a question. Yeah. Uh, they described this as Lovecraftian. Define Lovecraftian. Lovecraftian uh, generally, when that gets described that way, it has to do with the design of the characters uh your enemies specifically they tend to have a lot of extra eyes and a lot of tentacles that come out of nowhere um you know you see like a a giant honk and beast with like five eyes and like tentacles coming out of its back and uh you know the idea also might be that they probably has to do with some psychic horror horror that's unseen there you go that's what we're looking for you know, it would have helped to have Alec here because he's also a, a guy that I know is into the Lovecraftian universe, but it's psychological horror. The Like Alec said, the monsters are very specifically designed with too many appendages. Appendage, append, never mind. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm done. I'm not even going to try it anymore. They seem wet. And sticky. Yes, all of the time. So They look like they're wet and sticky. Let's say in theory, <laughs> I was looking to play a Lovecraftian game. What would be your recommendation? 
Uh, I do you want the do you want the psychological horror or do you want the weird character design? You've already played one for video one game more. homework. Oh, Codename Steam. Nope. Before that, for our Halloween episode, uh, Amnesia. Yes. Okay. All right. Say I wanted to play another one. <laughs> my 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 favorite as far as character design is concerned is Bloodborne. Bloodborne. All roads lead back to Bloodborne. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I mean, uh, Getty played uh, one that was more of like a first person adventure game. What was that one called? I, uh, I Call of Cthulhu. I played that one uh, with Steve. Yeah. yeah. Uh, something that's in the same vein as that that I would recommend is In Sound Mind. We played it on the podcast and it came out last year. It's pretty much everywhere now, and that mm-hmm. has some of the Lovecraftian elements to it, but it also has like a really deep story. I feel like we got completely sidetracked here again, and also I'm the not color out in space with Nicolas Cage. <laughs> um, what was it? Stranger Things. Look, you're helping me learn, and I appreciate that. <laughs> no, we we're not a we're not a learning podcast. Okay. Eldorand. People should check out Eldorand. Definitely. But also, I, I went on to Steam, and I clicked the Lovecraftian tag, and mm-hmm. now I'm just looking at everything that's that's on here, so... Uh, yeah. We, uh... I think we did pretty good this week. You don't have to twist my arm. We can take a break, and then come back for more fun and excitement here on Super GG Radio. We'll be back. It's my favorite uh, part of the year when the seasons change and I get angry messages from ComEd about how much electricity I'm using. I don't know about you guys, but I love being told that nobody in my neighborhood uses electricity. (laughs) What? I'm glad that that's like, I'm glad that that's uh, a common thing. Yeah. And not, not so much. It's just me. You don't get that, Joel? ComEd doesn't send you a a sassy letter saying you're using way more electricity than any of your neighbors. Hey, your neighbors are using like no electricity. What's up with that? Really? They, they <laughs> shame, they shame you personally. <laughs> I get a, a physical letter and yep, I get an physical. email. Yep. Yeah. They'll, they'll, they'll call me out if my usage is higher than last year's personally, but they don't go saying Bob down the corner. He, He's the model citizen. What the hell do you have plugged in in your basement? <laughs> really? Yeah. Well. Okay. You know what? I was starting to feel better that it was like I'm like maybe they just send that email to everybody, but now Joel being a goody two shoes has kind of ruined that thought for me. What? Maybe I... Joel doesn't use electricity. I... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're all candlelight here. I don't you know. turn off your PC at night. Yes. Why wouldn't you turn off your PC at night? Uh, we're in a lot. Of, we're in a lot. Of, we're in a judgment zone here that I feel like I don't love. It's okay, <laughs> Alex. I'm the right there here. with you. <laughs> I'm okay. right there with you. Uh, some some news coming about that 
new PlayStation uh, subscription service, the PlayStation Plus lineup looks like it's going to include a handful of things. Assassin's Creed, Valhalla, Demon Souls, Ghost of Tsushima, Director's Cut, NBA 2K22, uh, just to name a few, I feel like there were more that also came up. And those are like the big ticket ones that they're trying to shove down your throat. That doesn't even include all of the past generation ones that are going to be, well, hold on, air quotes, going to be available. Cause so the, there is a problem that I'm hearing a lot of uh, talk about in the industry. And the problem is that the lineup comes complete with not remasters but re-releases which is not a bet a bad deal except for the fact that these already like like i've bought wild arms 3 for my vita for like 20 but for like 15 bucks or 20 bucks or whatever like that game is playable on the ps4 right now but they're including it in their like oh look we got old games so that that's what feels kind of weird about it is that they have these games that they were already like selling, not like they're taking a game like the one that the one that does stand out that people have talked about is Azura's Wrath. People have been very like hyped on Azura's Wrath and very mm-hmm. excited, but like Ark the Lad, Twilight of the Spirits, like I I bought that for my Vita because these games play on the Vita as well. So seeing it on this like PS Plus as part of its like remasters catalog that's listed under their remasters. And like, this doesn't, that doesn't, it's not the same thing. How many Ark the Lad games have you played? Three. Three. And what drew you to Twilight of the Spirits? Uh, you know, (laughs) I, it's a, it's a JRPG. Uh, it's not even a turn-based RPG. It's like an action RPG, but it is a Japanese style RPG game that I was aware of. I didn't love. <laughs> I heard of this game and now I own it. They're not a series that I I, can, I beat. How about that? They're not a series that I beat every entry. So what are we talking about so, now? No, uh, no, it's lad. too late. We can't go back. <laughs> I really, go um, I, I'm really surprised Jet Moto isn't one of them on here. I feel like that was pretty. We'll we'll get there, Joel. You can buy it for Vita. You can buy it for PS3 and PS4, so I, it's going to come here. I can find a copy of it at my the local game store if I really want it physically. But well, like, What I'm saying is that they're they're just grabbing stuff of, st- of things that they were previously selling that they just stopped selling for PS5. Do you remember that time that Joel was trying to find a copy of Armored Core? Was it 4 or was it 5? Uh, 4, yeah. It took him two weeks two weeks to find a copy of it it's criminal to to find a copy so i wasn't paying people want a lot of money online for those games like oh yeah 40 40 bucks for uh who deals with physical items now um well as you can see behind me me clearly but um (laughs) yeah so some of the ones that are that people are hyped on is azura's wrath um loco roco kokorocho and uh, the infamous games, including Festival of Blood. Yes, and that was a great DLC. If anybody hasn't played that, they should. Uh, I, those games are on the backlog. I want to play all of them, but that's the but that that so this is not a great offering for the for the fans. Um, soon to come also is 
the Ubisoft Plus. So Ubisoft has their own uh, like Game Pass uh, adjacent for all of their own games, and they and they are folding it into this PlayStation Plus Premium. Hmm, that's sounds like similar to the EA Play stuff for Xbox Live. Exactly. That. That's that's almost exactly what it is. Yeah. So. <laughs> Who approved this? A lot of people are cla- like are saying like that like that there is talks that this is there's always talks but this is there's there's more talks again of like console wars, you know oh snap PlayStation got this thing it's no I know I'm too old for this shit <laughs> yeah, I still just go. prefer Game Pass yeah and also I have my PS Plus the baseline re-upped till 2024. I am not going to upgrade it now. Yeah, he's stuck I, with that. No, I just, I just don't see anything here that I want. We're, we're at a point where there are so many options. It's like the streaming services. It's, it's getting split up so much that you're gonna basically pick and choose when you want to switch, or you're gonna just be plugged into a certain ecosystem where it makes most sense to you. Like that, the disappointing thing to me about the PlayStation thing is it, it's clear they don't care too much about their back catalog. Like the, they do have some high hitters on PlayStation Three. I feel like it's so sparse on PlayStation One, like almost nothing. And then you got gaps that kind of seem like no sense. And and th- I don't feel like they should even take the Nintendo route of like we're gonna spit out. You start with twenty games, and then we'll trickle out here and there because their their libraries are different. Like PlayStation One games you could go to any store and they'd have a thousand copies of something sitting right there just because there were so many games. You have to be able to have a better library than this, in my opinion. Well, there's talks that they're going to update it every month. Well. That's the that's the current conversation. Yeah, I mean, there's too many unknowns, but I'm, I'm with you. This is not in my near-term plan. It just It's not enough to move the needle. Well, we're good on this. Yep. That's I mean, nice. it's it is whatever. We'll see what happens when we actually get closer and and stuff happens. Until then, we got some fall guys going free to play. It's summer. This summer? No, it's summer. It's summer right now. It's not fall. Waka waka. Fall that guys going funny free at to, all. Free to play is very exciting. Um, but that also means it's getting removed off Steam. Uh, for, since since Steam doesn't really play in free to play as much outside of Dota two, so uh, and also Fall Guys was bought by Epic Game Store. So we're gonna see some uh, Fall Guys go into the uh, Epic Game Store. But if you have it on Steam, it will remain there on Steam. You got it on Steam. I do got it on Steam. Nice. Want to buy my account? I'll sell you a Fall Guys uh, special Steam account. $2,500. I might play this on Switch. American? It's coming on Switch, yeah. Yeah. I I could see that being kind of a fun, like, I doubt a few minutes I'm going to play a couple rounds of Fall Guys. Just because. You know, because the, the party format, you know, it was fun, but I feel like it's kind of fleeting in that way. But it just being like a twit dumb, I'm playing a wipe out game show thing makes a little more sense to me yeah 
I agree. And I, I liked it. I had a crew that was doing four hours a day, maxing out that battle pass when it came out. Yeah. I doubt they're doing that anymore, but this will get some more people on board. Battle pass. Battle pass. Battle, battle pass. pass. Make sure you battle write pass. down what a battle pass is. Okay, write it down. Keep going. No, I don't know if I want to go anymore because I feel like I'm just going to say something and it's going to be uh, used as a springboard into a bad joke. Dead by Daylight Dating Sim. That's got to be a joke headline, right? Nope, that's real. And they made all their guys... They made all the murderers look real cute. Final Fantasy XI developer claims that game is not ending anytime soon. <laughs> that's a joke one. No, that's... that's <laughs> uh, which is wild because... Uh, I, you know, there is a curiosity in me that may, that uh, I went back to Final Fantasy XI after fourteen had come out, and I still kind of want to go back again just to just to poke at it. So, a morbid curiosity. Important. Weren't you also yep. uh, on the fence about going back to Genshin Impact earlier today? Oh man, their new expansion looks so cool. Oh man, you should definitely get on that. You want to play some Genshin Impact, Eddie? Not at all. I didn't play it originally, so we can though. I like, know we can get like get Steve can, like, on that. It. We it, it's Gachapon. And trick somebody into playing it. You're good at that. Okay. <laughs> Every once in a while, you trick me into playing something, and then you bail out. I've I've never bailed on you, Getty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Battle Born. I like Battleborn. I played with you. Mm. Moving on. Yeah, let's move got on. Some, <laughs> got some new releases, uh, games that we played here on the podcast. Uh, Gone 1.0. Are these just our 1.0s or these other games that we're fired up about? Because I see Recursive Ruin on here. We played that earlier this year. This yeah, year, no, that's year, these are all year. these are just these are ones that we've talked about, discussed, and um, just some indie titles that are pretty cool. Mouth of Madness. Yep, I don't. That know. was that was year one stuff. That was that was Super GG Radio year one stuff. Um, that was a that was that was like a akin to Salt and Sanctuary, where it was like a two D Souls like game that uh, it looked very hand painted, and all of the enemies looked like just giant. Y'all always ever see Akira? Uh, I don't remember it, but I know I... Are you, you're kidding, right? It looked like it was just a, a, a mound of flesh that was growing and writhing with tentacles. Uh, that was one of the bosses in right. Mouth of Bandis. Is this on Steam? Cool. Yeah. Because I'm typing in Mouth of, and the first result is, my hole is a mouth of dirt. Uh, we should we should look into that one. Where that, are you I'm typing there. this into? <laughs> into the Steam search. <laughs> it is a uh, it's a free game. <laughs> holding myself back, not going to type those words in. Okay. Last thing is salt and sacrifice. Salt and sacrifice. Did I did I play that? I think I'm playing that now. Yep. Yes. So. Eventual review incoming from me for Salt and Sacrifice. So we'll probably talk about it here on the, the podcast in the coming weeks. But I know you know. The, well, you know what? I got it wrong. It's Source of Madness. Mm-hmm. Mouth of Madness is a film. Well, you Source, know, we're not known for our reliability or 
<laughs> no, but I'm 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 doing live corrections. You wrote south of madness. There we I go. I know I did. Source source of madness. Source of madness. Look at look that one up, Joel. Yeah, source we, of madness 1.0. We cycle our lies so quickly that you don't even need to worry about it if you listen long enough. You might hear something that's possibly true. Anyway, like I was saying, the real reason why everybody's listening is for the freebies. This week's freebies. Are you ready? There's there's actually quite a few. Yep, hit me with the freebies. We got Elect Dude over on Steam. This is a puzzle. You're a little guy trying to collect electric bolts while avoiding enemies. Puzzle game. We got Borderlands 3 over on the Epic Game Store. I have no idea what that is. Neither do I. It seems like it's probably not very good. Weird hat fight over Hold on. on Steam. This is this is um What is what is my fighting game that I love so much? The 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 where you're slapping each other in the face all the time. Gang beasts? Imagine gang beasts, but when you grab a hat, it ge- it turns you into a certain class. So if you put on like a helmet, you all of a sudden become a football player. If you put on a knight's helmet, you get a sword, etc. Okay. And going over fight. to Steam right now, typing in weird hat fight. Yep. And then we have Deluge. Yep, pronounce it. Pronounce it, Getty. Do it. Therondi of Crashing Waves. See, my mind went that... Therenity. Okay. Deluge Threnity of Crashing Waves is an early access. It is a Japanese-style visual novel. Oh, yeah? Early access over on Steam. Did you say that part? Yep. I don't think you did. (laughs) Dangerous Lands, Magic, and RPG over on Indie Gala. This is a first-person, like, adventure game where you're going through levels uh, swinging a third person, swinging a sword and using magic spells. Sorry, I'm still trying to pull up Weird Hat Fight. Pulled right up for me. I'm trying not to clicky-clack too much into the, you know, Mm. into the microphone. It's too late. I already wrecked everything. Well, I guess we should just make a joke here about how Alex and I need to learn how to turn off our computers at night. But instead of that, let's just take a break here and yell at Joel for two to three minutes. Look, all I'm saying is that you're causing global warming. We'll be back. (laughs) With your SUV. Get out of here. (laughs) (laughs) Don't tell me it's a crossover. with the backlog blog where we play games with a 22 minute loop so don't fuck up the angler portion joel <laughs> jesus <laughs> we're swearing up a storm this episode i purposely wrote that into the intro we are going to talk outer wilds and here is your spoiler alert we are going to go in depth on this game we're going to talk about all of the juicy little bits that we found while exploring the planets and we're also going to loop back around and talk about 
the ending, and what exactly the hell went on in the ending. Because I also want us to pick our favorite planet. Pick your favorite planet and your nose. Because here we goes into the outer wilds. Okay, I, can we get like a dramatic trill there? No, I don't. I don't even know what a trill is. Don't. <laughs> Don't pay any I'll, attention to me. I'll, I'll surprise you this week. How about that? <laughs> it sounds it's good. Tr- it's a trillion dollars. No, that's not. <laughs> I'm, I'm like <laughs> halfway from just taking off my headphones and walking away. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a trillionaire, Getty. Uh, okay, so, so I picked, I picked Outer Wilds. The, the reason why I picked Outer Wilds is because of its unique nature in how you are expected to think outside the box to explore the world. There are mechanics that focus on sun placement. When you are on a planet, pieces that don't, uh, that don't appear until the sun has melted ice. There are sections where, um, one planet is filtering sand to another. There are portions where, there are storms that are that just have these cyclones, but one of them is spinning the opposite direction. You're just supposed to be able to observe and kind of figure out the world in a way that's not necessarily what we're already pre-programmed to do. And that's what made this feel like an important game. Now, this was one of the first video game homeworks that I had not... that, that nobody here had... Uh, really beaten or like spent a, a good chunk of time with i just knew of its quality and it, i'd poked around with it a little bit before so uh now having beat this with all of you i i agree with like uh, all of my thoughts i think that this is that that game but i also feel like it does have a little bit of a uh a learn a steeper learning curve than i feel i was even capable of you can say that there were obtuse things about it very obtuse so going down to you know table states here this game you play as an alien on a remote planet and he's normal he's he's a human as far as you know you know you're it's not wrong species. you're it's not wrong species. yeah but the alien but, species that he's okay. finding a, a, clues a, about a race of bipedal humanoids <laughs> I love it. Uh, Thank you. On this planet. And they're a very small community. And basically what they do is every so often they will send an astronaut into outer space in the most ramshackle podunk uh, spacecraft. Like Toe Jam and Earl shit. That's what you're talking about. It's like it's made out of wood and like very little bit of metal. Right. Right. Very rickety. And it's very cute to start with it has a lot of good humor this starting community you more or less have to go around and talk to people and they give you the baseline of what's happening and then they've got a museum where they collect a lot of different uh artifacts from what they found and they have the statue that you have an experience with (laughs) and that Mm -hmm. causes you from there i forget it causes you to wait back up from the start again am i remembering that right it not not that time, but that's what. But yes, that essentially what it comes down to is that you are cogn- You it makes you cognizant of the same twenty-two minute cycle 
most people just wake up like it's the same day every day and they don't really notice it. But that statue kind of knocks you on your butt and then you wake, you kind of now are cognizant of this cycle that every 22 minutes the universe resets. And you're the only known observer of this because when you wake back up on this planet, whether it's through a natural 22-minute elapsing or if you die somewhere, you start right where you begin. All the characters will start with the same prompt. And the times that you sort of say, like, you know, you're lucky I'm in a time loop, otherwise I'd smack you or something like that, they immediately go to questioning your sanity and whether or not you should be taking off on this planet. Mm-hmm. There, There is another astronaut, because you meet at every planet, there is one astronaut there set to study it. And uh, one of them says, like, hey, are you in a time loop? Because I am too, and it's like no one else understands that. And he and you say, "Oh yeah, I am too." And he goes, "Oh cool, mm. yeah." So there is at least like one other person. Now, um, the other the the other conceit about the game is that there was an ancient race of species that had technology sown throughout the the universe, the, your your little galaxy of planets, and you have a translator to translate their conversations, which are very much like matter of fact, like fun little, hey. Hey man, did you finish that one project? And he goes, "Yeah, it didn't work." And he's like, "Oh, well, we'll have to try this next time." Oh, cool. Bring your brother. Okay, and it's just that. <laughs> and uh, you use that the translator. You have an ability to shoot out a probe that will take pictures. And there's also a signal, uh, a signal scope, which will find different signals, including like radiation signals, um, or you find like. Uh, I can't remember what the the one signal was that had to do with the weird moon rocks. You find weird uh well, obelisks that you kind of things. Yeah. 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 So you use that and you explore the different planets in whatever order you want to try to gather information and you have this little space map that will pop up and show you what pieces of information you've gathered and if there's more on that planet to discover. Your idea is just to explore, have fun, and figure out what you can about the alien race and what they were doing here. And uh, after 22 minutes, the sun explodes and you wake up back on your home planet. Right. Unless you accidentally fall down a pit before you touch that rock at the beginning of the game. And then you get a game over and the credits roll. Seriously? If you just die. <laughs> if you just die, other than the universe, you get credits. Getting eaten by the angler gives you credits. Man, so I, I could have just done that and been which, done with it. Wow. Which doesn't oh, yeah. uh, doesn't make sense to me, because there are other times where I would violently throw myself at... Into the sun. Know, into anything. There were... The interloper is the like comet that flies around. There was one time I was taking off and I didn't see it. Crash right into me. <laughs> I died. You definitely test. Uh, you, you definitely test the limit of it, right? I mean, yeah. The, the interloper. There's a, there's a. I got a trophy uh, that said "Gone in sixty seconds" because yep. I I forgot what I was doing and I was like, "Well, I wasted too much time screwing around." Right into the sun. And, and that's exactly what you condition yourself to do. You think like, okay, if I start this runoff wrong, then what's even the point? I'm just gonna off myself. <laughs> And try again, and, and and that's because in one of the mechanics of the game, you uh, there is a planet that is con- perpetually being filled with sand, so you only have 
a certain amount of time to access parts of the planet before it gets buried in sand. Mm -hmm. And you also can be buried in sand. Or even in uh, the Adelrock, you know, part of the puzzle of trying to get to the meat of what's there is waiting for it to circle the sun close enough for some of the ice to melt. But you have to be standing on the ice for that to happen, don't you? Yep. Yeah, you have to be because it because it freezes back up as soon as you pass. It. So like if you get to the Adel Rock and land on there once it's already gone past the heat threshold, you're like, shit, I have to wait another five minutes now to <laughs> to wait yep. until it comes back around. And you get these hard stops or checkpoints where you're right, like the window of what you can do continues to close further and further as you're doing these 22 minute rounds. So starting out, it's like whatever, I'll wait until I'm out or die because I don't know what's happening and I need to just start picking up the pieces and trying to assemble them. But you winnow towards the end and it's like, I know what I need to do. The second I make the wrong move on here or if I take too long at this step, you're screwed. You're, <laughs> you're done for. There was a... There was definitely... Because uh, when the... When you're getting to the end, like the last 30 seconds, there's like a real calming like kind of banjo indie rock song kind of starts to play and that kind of is your signifier that oh the universe is going to explode it's kind of like a sad song that's playing in the environment all of a sudden and like i've been where i'm like okay i'm gonna go down here i'm gonna find i'm gonna translate that conversation but then there's also this other translator thing that i want to also translate and i want to find out about that and you hear the music and i was like i gotta go quick read through it fast go grab that other thing and all of a sudden like i plug in the other thing i start to translate and you just see the bright white light of your existence <laughs> ending it was very funny it, it should be said the the i think they're called nomai or nome uh the the ancient race you read through these little bits of conversation that are plugged up in different worlds and you're right, Alex. Like, there's a lot of levity and, and humor in it because they'll even talk about these two recurring characters that are in a relationship with each other, right? Uh, and then there'll even be commentary about, like, oh, I bet you'd rather be with her instead of me right now, <laughs> or, you know, quit using the space to hit on my sister. And <laughs> Yeah. But also, you, you learn about what they're doing here, what their projects were working on. Like, they were trying to find the said uh, center, the eye of the universe. Right. And they had come to this galaxy only to find out that um, it had, uh, that it, it gets destroyed after 22 minutes, but they won't, it doesn't, it does, uh, that there's something's going to come destroy it. And so they're trying to figure out the eye of the universe and how to find it because uh, they feel like it, it, it means something to them. So I, the way I sort of pieced it together was that these Nomai are naturally explorers. And so they're going out and finding things like black holes or searching these different structures. And their hieroglyphs are basically them like passing notes, but their intent for the eye of the universe is they know that it exists before the creation of the universe. And so that question sort of spurns them on to explore and explore and explore to try to understand. And they're very scientifically inclined. So they're doing all this testing and trying to create this sort of daisy chain of tools that allows them to teleport from planet to planet as well uh, to try to get to the mystery of it. Right. Uh, 
and and it gets really harrowing in a lot of the conversations because you start to uncover that there are these different escape pods that got shot out from this main ship when something happened and they sort of got sent out to there's three of them i think right there's one at ember twin there's one in uh dark bramble and then the other one is uh the hollow brittle hollow yeah i think it's brittle hollow and each of them will have implanted it somewhere and there will be sort of log records in the actual ship that give you like a little bit of context to what's happening, but then you end up exploring around the actual pod to get more details because each of them are a story of basically them landing on this planet, then figuring out if it's hospitable, and then them trying to build something to be able to exist there. So like Brittle Hollow has this actual whole city that spurned from them arriving there called the hanging city. And yep. you know, it's, it's all in tatters now, but like they've got different districts where like they have a school in one section and then they have the, uh, this gravity cannon and black hole station and stuff. And they've developed like this civilization that's now in ruins there. Whereas you get to the, uh, dark bramble and it's like a tragedy story of of survival and not making it because it's just so inhospitable there are these awful anglerfish monsters floating around everywhere and they more or less just suffocate because they ran out of resources and were too afraid to go anywhere after hitting the wrong uh relay man i'd be scared too that place is terrible yeah, that, like was, as that, that was no closer, judgment. That was terrible. Closer to the center of it, every time you get closer to the center and go through like a zone, it creates like this, you go through like almost a portal into a bigger place that is still inside of the the bramble, and it's it's terrible. Like, I, I definitely feel for the ones that got stuck on that planet. Man. It just reminds me of Ant-Man in the, what's it called? What was the zone that he was in? I don't think anybody watched that movie, Alex. Ant-Man? Spring Yard Zone. That's Sonic, man. <laughs> no, but when you, yeah, you just kept getting smaller and smaller in this, in this space, and you kept uh, going to these, this, it just kept condensing, and things kept getting bigger and bigger. weird. It was like this quantum, there quantum <laughs> zone. We can coin that, right? That's not used by anybody. Nope. Okay. Yeah, copyright free. There's there's definitely a lot of charm, and the amount of stuff that you can find on each planet is really staggering, in in kind of a comical way. So, as deep as the story goes, as as much fun and uh, well developed as the planets are, I always felt like it had almost a whimsical nature in how you're flying this terribly like shoddy spacecraft through. And then you're landing it on planets. But sometimes when you land it on the planet, it feels like it's kind of a joke because of how big the spaceship feels compared to the planet or where you landed. Mm-hmm. I, I The moon that you have that's cir- circulating your own home planet, uh, that was the first place that I went to. And uh, it just felt funny to me that... The moon didn't look like it was that far away, and you are this terribly designed craft. Yep. And I felt like I was in space for like two seconds, and then 
I was on this other rock. And it, the space travel isn't too bad as long as your controller is working. As I learned, matching velocity is very important. <laughs> and it adds a whole new element to the game. And if you Oh, did you not did you not use that matching velocity function? No, no, sometimes it wouldn't work. If I went out of the game and then I tried to come back, then the function wouldn't work on my controller. I I don't know if it was something that that happened or if it was because of flipping screens too many times. But mm. then trying to like you know, you're fired through a slingshot, especially if you've been going too fast, trying to saddle up to this planet. And, you know, sometimes you get a little bit of damage to the craft, but you can repair it. And other times it would just be catastrophic because it would just smash right into it. Or I've smashed into so many planets. Yeah. <laughs> or overshooting a planet and then realizing that you were going way too fast and then having to figure out, okay, is it worth trying to get back or should I just shoot myself out of the airlock and burn all of my fuel so that I can reset? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Getty, can I also tell you that the, that um, match velocity autopilot function is not invaluable because I've used it on a planet and then the planet rotated around the sun. So my autopilot yep. took me into the that sun. That was just what I was going to say. Yeah, I've had a lot of uh, misadventure doing that. <laughs> And the, the the comet was another great example of it, too, because you would set the autopilot. The comet's moving way too quick to account for mm -hmm. in one direction, and then you just sort of zoom past it, and then you end up being like 15 kilometers out <laughs> in seconds. Yeah, or, you know, the pesky sun, you would fly off of a planet, and then you're trying to figure out how to get to another one, and I can't oh, find yeah. it anywhere. Where is it? It's on the other side of the sun. So, good luck with that. You ever have it where you're looking at the map or you're looking for a planet and not paying attention to where your ship is and you fly into the sun? I want you to know that I did not expect as many gruesome deaths from this game as I experienced. From getting eaten by fish, crushed under sand, uh, yeah. asphyxiation that happened so many times, uh, smashing myself and or ship into things flying into the sun, uh, falling down a well, drowning. That's possible, too. I did not drown. Mm. That was in the first area before. It... So you know the geyser? Mm -hmm. If you put on your space suit, you can actually go down there and there's stuff to explore. But oh, cool. if you didn't and you just jumped down there without your suit, yeah, that's uh, game over. That was my first death. I'm and, proud of it. And they uh, they reflect that in the way you resurrect, too. Because, like, he'll gasp for air or, like, uh, panic when he wakes up, depending on how you do it. Yeah, that uh, that crunch. That's just... I, yeah, the sand crunching. Yeah, I turned oh. the volume down when that happened. <laughs> it was bad. Now, Getty, you had mentioned uh, that you did have some qualms about uh, the game and the way it played, uh, specifically how you felt like it didn't necessarily respect your time. Tell me about that. There, there were times when the littlest uh, use of uh, the jetpack trying to navigate up or down and not quite hitting one of the jump pads 
would cause you to fly out and then completely waste how long you spent on a run or how long you were able to work on something specifically in the 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 brittle hollow uh in the hanging city there's one area that in order to get to it you need to utilize your jetpack thruster and uh, navigate these almost like uh tractor beams that guide you along a path and oh yeah if okay. you do not propel yourself at the exact right second then you will fall into the center of the planet and it will it's spit you out in another part of space yep which it is possible because of all of the teleportation devices that are around for you to get back however when you have missed that jump once or twice and the planet is already collapsing it feels like man i just wasted x amount of time trying to do this and i have nothing to show for it and there's no good way to kill yourself in that case oh there's a perfectly good way to kill yourself you jet around the black hole that's trying to pull you in and you aim your body at any of the stalactites (laughs) and you will crash right into them and you will die because there, there's oh, a okay, there's see. a pull of gravity there so like if you if you flutter your uh boost just right you can gain momentum physics yeah <laughs> science okay because i couldn't figure that out and i was like really really frustrated about oh. that and i was like well i just gotta sit here until time runs you, out. you uh did you ever were you ever on a planet and you realized that the gravity was so low that if you propelled yourself up high enough you could actually hit like a velocity that would swing you further across the planet like yes uh, yeah so gravity in this game is is really fun to play with because uh, it's different per, per planet exactly so there's a lot of entertaining things to do it's just when you get to the end game no matter i felt like how much i learned there was still more that i could have to help it make even more sense um but there were some areas that were just very difficult to get to, and I gave up on trying to get to them at some point because it felt like, do I want to continue to spend time on this, or do I want to go explore somewhere else and try and find more of the backstory? There was The one for me that kind of cracked me on that was that there was a tower on, I believe it was uh, Brittle Hollow, that you're you can't enter the tower until it has been part of the that planet has been destroyed and sucked through the black hole. Mm-hmm. I got in once, but I try and I didn't get what I needed out of it. So I tried about five more times, and I, I, I could never do it. I could never find it back my way back in again. Getting out of the black hole, uh, the planet is now in pieces. So you don't you don't have a, a structure to hold on to. You only have to just try to wander around trying to find your tower that you're trying to reach, and it is spinning in space. It is very difficult, and that that was the one where I said, "Okay, I think I've had enough with this attempt. I'm going to do other stuff." Um, Joel, did you have any uh, frustrations as far as that's concerned? As far as like uh, anything kind of break you on what you needed to do? I so I think that. It was an expectation versus reality problem in that the media I had consumed about this game when it came out really stressed mm-hmm. the exploration side 
of things, and that's inherently part of the game. But I felt like there were too many breaks in the chain where there really wasn't enough clues to really lead you somewhere, you know. And the I know a big part of it is that they really want you to be granular about exploring this stuff and just trying to find landmarks and lead it from there, but you would find a clue at Giant's Deep that might send you to uh, Brittle Hollow, but then Brittle Hollow, you might find something that's unrelated uh, that's a clue. So then you have like these couple of leads, but then you need to decide where you're going to branch off from there. And I found myself just sort of like going where the wind blew a lot, where it's like I found a clue here. I'm going to go search where it suggests. And instead of following that same cluster, I would be sort of hopscotching back and forth to things where at first it was really hard to piece together what the relation was to all of it. Uh, as you fill in the dabs, you, you get better understanding. But even then, a lot of these areas you have to go to were really opaque. Like, they weren't really, even if you have the knowledge of, like, the background, what you're supposed to do is not clear. And, you know, it makes me wonder, like, okay, was this a me thing? <laughs> like, am I not? No, it absolutely yeah, wasn't. So, so that's, I'm glad to hear that because I, I really... This game makes you wonder if you're stupid sometimes <laughs> when you're playing it because it expects so much out of you. And you know, if it weren't if it weren't for a walkthrough, I probably would have dropped yep. off this. I mean that that's just I the thing is was that I had done that. I had played five hours of this before. When I came when we started this video game homework, I started fresh because I was so kind of like lost in where I was going before that I want to just start over fresh and try to like figure out where I needed to go. Mm-hmm. The, so <clears throat> let's just kind of get to the, the main plot is that the, the other ancient race to figure out the eye of the universe, they were going to send to use a cannon to shoot a, uh, a camera probe at the eye of the universe. But since the camera probe or since the eye of the universe was constantly eluding them in movement, they were going to uh, cause a time loop that every 22 minutes the ca- they would shoot the cam- uh, the camera in a different direction. So every time it would be like they had a computer that was outside the time loop that was recording all of the data. I feel like that would so eventually they would be able to find all of the that find the eye of the universe. So whenever you woke up, you woke up looking at the sky, watching the cannon explode and fall into pieces as the new probe was searching. That was something that they don't that you don't really notice until later where you're like, oh, crap, that's what my character is looking at Mm -hmm. as soon as he wakes up. Which is like a cool revelation. But then to essentially end the game, you need to go to the. (laughs) Ash Twin, uh, warp to uh, warp to the not the Ash Twin, but the other twin uh, planet through Ember a twin. warp yeah. in to Ember the twin. center of the Ember Twin, so that you can collect the, the warp core, core, the warp core. Then you would bring the warp core to the Anglerfish planet and go down into the quantum realm to find their engine that you would then insert the warp core. And at one point you had found 
the coordinates of the phantom moon that would help you find the eye of the universe. So you input the coordinates, you put in the core, and then you are warped to another world where you're uh, finding all of your astronaut buddies and seeing the ancient race and talking to them. And then it's kind of like a trippy, a trippy kind of like, you don't know what's real and what's not. And then it ends in a, in a bright white light. To me, it was trippy in a way that I, I feel like I don't understand what it would mean to find the meaning of existence in the, in, in the center of the universe and, you know, all of that stuff. Like what would be a satisfying end? Because there's nothing that you, they could say that you would, you would potentially even fathom let alone um, be able to say, oh, that's what I thought, or I have no clue what to think. Here it just kind of gave you the experience of seeing your friends in a calm place that you uh, you felt like everything was okay. Uh, what did you think, Joel? So the way I interpreted it was that uh, the ending was the sort of closing of the universe that you live in and sort of the destruction of that one and the start of a new one. Okay. Uh, that That's how I perceived it. That, that's sort of the subtext I got behind it. Because you're right, like the, the ending, it's kind of like you're in this camp, and then one of the people show up and says, oh, do you hear that? And then you end up going to find all the other people who are astronauts through all this. And they one of the clues you did at a point, too, was that somebody else had touched one of these statues and then started realizing that, that they're in this loop. And... Mm-hmm. Going through the sequences you do to finish the game is kind of like you speed running all the things that the old Nomai <laughs> did to try to do the experiment right. Uh, and so it, it almost creates this different recurring loop that's higher up than the 22 minute recurring loop of like the closure of a universe, the start of a new one. And it feels like they're starting the whole life cycle all over again. And to me, it sort of told you, like, your race are the Nomai. And basically what happened is that the universe, they, the notes you got were from the prior iteration of the Nomai sort of re- reaching an apex point before the destruction and rebirth of the Nets universe. That, that was my perception on it, but. Getty? Yeah. No, I, I was in the same boat as Joel. The way that it felt from the second that you got to that point where you witness the end of your universe. Mm-hmm. And then from there, I don't know that I got the same, your race are the new Nomai, but I definitely got, this is the end of the universe. Uh, you've reached it. And uh, all of your friends are there together with you. And you're watching it, and it it's an experience. It's, it's kind of neat like that. Um, but damn, did that anglerfish that was coming <laughs> at me through the ground not scare the crap? Oh out yeah, of that, me. there was a, there was a little quick jump scare of an anglerfish coming out of the ground. Uh, yeah, you better was, believe that, that I started backpedaling, going nope, nope, nope. <laughs> <laughs> Because I was done <laughs> with that shit. So I, I really like the ending. Um, it's got a real like, like you said. I, I believe the the movie I was thinking was like the format. I think it was the format. It was like a time travel movie, hmm. where uh, 
a guy recorded everything that he that was going on in the world around him, and then he would go back in time, and he would change the the past, but he would listen to every every conversation uh, that he was ha- that he had already, and then uh, saying the same things over and uh, over again, so he wouldn't mess with the past too much, and then he caused things that had happened in the in the past, like if he, like turn like. You know, at a certain point, you kind of become your own dad. I don't know. Things are time travel's weird, and that's where I was like, "Man, this is." I don't know where I'm going with this one. It just, but it's going someplace very like circular and starting the universe. And yeah, you're your own grandpa. Yep, you're your own grandpa. Uh, But yeah, I will say that the qualm with uh, Outer Wilds ended up being that I felt like I did not have the breadcrumbs to get there. So the ending. Uh, you know, guides help. They are miracle workers over at like Polygon and, uh, you know, IGN. And they really kind of gave me at least enough, uh, enough direction to move forward on some of the things that we needed to do. See, we've got a fun one, guys. We got a fun video game homework. I did it. It was, supposed to be it fun. was gratifying. Let's put it the hell. <laughs> I died so the, many times. The the juice was worth the squeeze. How about that? Yeah, I did it. I feel like a mass murderer. <laughs> and the way I killed myself, whoa. <laughs> Some whack stuff. There, there was a little bit something fun about just tossing yourself into the sun, though. You can't deny that. Well, do we want to give our rating of it? Our classic Super GG Radio s through uh, do we even go to f i guess it's possible that we go to f so the s i think rank... part of video game homework is that we're supposed to pick games that we think are classics that should be in the pantheon of being classics so i'm gonna say we don't but uh made us do uh, it up until this point y- y- you know what? <laughs> no 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 i'm saying is that we don't i'm saying is that f doesn't exist. look i'm okay. allowed to shit all over your favorite games that that's all i'm saying <laughs> that's absolutely true uh okay getty what did you think I would give it a solid, uh, I'll say A-. minus. There were a lot of fun little things. The space exploration was a huge plus. The puzzles towards the end were far too obtuse, even with the assistance of, you know, the guide to reach the point where we needed to be, and I felt like that was kind of a barrier. Otherwise, the level of detail and music... Uh, really sold it for me. So it was still a really great experience. Just, man, I don't think I would have figured that out in a very, very long time. Agreed. What about you, Joel? Uh, With the caveat that the store includes using a walkthrough, uh, (laughs) B minus. Well, I think, I think Getty and I are thinking the fact that, uh, the the fact that the guide is in there is is a or ne- is necessary is something that holds us back from it. Yeah, I, I think I, I think B minus is where I land. Uh, it I probably would have rated it lower before I got towards winnowing towards the end. It is really the sort of story by bits of commentary that you find throughout that becomes like more compelling than I expected it to be where you, when you get those little victories and get more information, it's, it's really great to feel, especially there are two main places that I really, really had a wow moment. And that was one, uh, Ember twin, when you're having to like 
race towards the bottom of it to get to the Sunless City. And then mm-hmm. also on uh, Brittle Hollow when you're going to the Hanging City, where it just it spans out and it's just this whole place to explore and get more and more detail. Uh, it, but it was all feast or famine, you know, and, and we've sort of gone over the complaints already a little bit. I, I think it, it is really the story and experience that sells this game in spite of some of the gameplay problems I have with it. You know what that grade tells me about Joel? That he did not spend an entire playthrough eating marshmallows at the fire. (laughs) I did that. You're not wrong. Should I be doing that? (laughs) I think it would have helped. It's very cathartic. Okay. Um, I I gave it an A minus as well. Uh, I I loved the way it played. I liked its non-conventional ways of of solving puzzles, but I also felt like it just um, it definitely kept me uh guessing but not in a good way i felt like there were times that i was kind of floundering and i don't feel like that's all me favorite planet favorite planet we already scored it why are we going back just real quick favorite planet i like the place that had all the storms with the hurricanes and twisters oh uh giant steep that's giant steep that was I liked it when it would throw your ship into the air if you get caught in one. Getty? <laughs> the Ash Twin, for the same reason that the first time I landed on it, my ship went flying into the Ember Twin. Yep. Because <laughs> <laughs> the, tw- the Twister. Okay, enjoy. Ember Twin. Ember Twin's mine. Okay. Uh, just the, the panic-inducing nature of having to explore this bottom of the planet, you know, in those tatatomes. Uh The ominous... Yes. Anglerfish. You hear the sand filling in every time. Okay, Getty, get us out of here. Oh, yeah? Uh, yeah. Take us to one last thing. This week it's brought to you by Alex's extensive Metal Gear Solid-themed rubber ducky collection. Uh, it's in the mail, I heard. Mm-hmm. So for me, I don't know. We finished video game homework. I guess I'm going to play some Elden Ring now that I'm allowed to. Game of the Year 2022 Elden Ring. Game of the Year 2022 Elden Ring. Uh, Alex, what about you? I mean, we're all just here to really celebrate that uh, we're getting uh, Season 7 of Riverdale. Are we? Season season 5 is real buck wild, y'all. And, I'm, and I hear that Season 6 is currently even more buck wild. Maybe it's time so- to go back and watch... Riverdale. Oh, dude. Dude. We're in some places right now. We're in some real wild places right now. It, is Twitch uh, Avenue where I can do live reactions to Riverdale as I watch? Uh, yes, but I think the better format is to live tweet. Okay. I don't know how Twitter works, so Joel, you'll have to tell us your one last I thing. Can... <laughs> yep. Oh, I... Uh... So my, my son reinstated our Netflix on accident. And since I've been seeing a bunch of, uh, you know, Breaking Bad memes lately, since I think Better Call Saul's ending, uh, I went and started El Camino, which is like that post-Breaking Bad movie that followed Jesse uh, as he tried to sort of escape the law. Not bad. Not bad so far. Um, Not really a Breaking Bad-style story, but it, it definitely was nice sort of closing the loop with that character. Oh, they actually close it up. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. Wow. That's uh, a lot to take in. 
Uh, but that'll be it for this week's Super GG Radio. Before we go, you can find us on Twitter at Super GG Radio. And tw- we just got we got over 300 followers. Thank you, everybody, for following us. Continue to try to follow us and spread our word. You bastard. And twitch.tv slash radio where Alex has been streaming like there's no tomorrow. I am doing uh, the back... Mondays are for backlogs. Uh, currently playing Disco Elysium. Having a blast with that. Tuesdays are for doing the jams and playing some Skater XL. I missed this last week. Uh, I wasn't feeling great, but I will be back doing some Skater XL and some jams. I don't know how you do that with just 22 minutes. <laughs> and uh, also, uh, Joel is streaming on Saturdays playing Scribble Nuts. Oh, yeah. It's official? Good stuff. You coming back? I've you been here scribbles? the whole time. <laughs> yeah, more, I don't think he left. More Scribbles? I mean, there was, there was a while we didn't talk about it. I just thought we didn't talk about Scribble Nuts anymore. Look, if you want to sleep on me, that's your loss. I mean, I like you don't look very comfortable, so I don't <laughs> think I want to do that. But if you'd like to reach us with questions or input, our email address is mail at superggradio.com and provide us a review on iTunes or the podcast with so many eyes of your choice. I guess it's also the podcast app of your choice, but thanks for listening. Good game, Alex. GG Getty. GG Joel. Good game.